Well, hey, Cross Timbers, I am so glad that you've chosen to be with us today. A special welcome to those of you who are our guests. You have picked a great day to be at Cross Timbers because today uh, my friend Craig Rochelle is with us. You know, all of these uh, authors that I'm introducing you to, most of them I've met for the first time. Craig and I have known each other for many, many years. Many of you know who Craig Rochelle is because you know about Life Church. Uh, just its influence literally, not only in Oklahoma, but literally around the world and what they've done. Many of you know Craig Groeschel because of Catalyst and his work uh, in, with leaders all over the country. What most of you don't know is just what an encouragement Craig has been to me personally. Uh, Craig believes in pastors. Craig believes in pouring into pastors. And Cross Timbers wasn't very old when I first traveled up to Oklahoma City and sat down across the table. You remember Craig and yeah, said, okay, times. what in the world do I do? <laughs> So Craig's written a lot of books, but the book uh, that I want to talk about today is a book called Struggles. Uh, it's a book that, that Craig has released in the last year or so, and uh, I thought it was so appropriate. Craig, I think one of your gifts is speaking into modern day issues. Thank you. And uh, I thought it was so appropriate for what I see in the lives, in my life, honestly, in so many lives is this struggle. But I want you to talk a little bit. I think I know the answer to this, but I want you to talk a little bit about where did the idea from this for this book come from? Well, first of all, I appreciate you, and I, I love your church and everything you guys are doing. It's an honor to to do this with you today. Um, the subtitle is really important to me. It says it's called "Following Jesus in a Selfie-Centered World," and so uh, what we're really doing is talking about the blessings that social media and technology bring us. For example, I'm able to share with your church because of technology today, and so it's a really good thing. Our church was able to create the YouVersion Bible app to put the Bible in the hands of you know, tens of millions of people. It's a good thing. At the same time, uh, a lot of us are waking up and realizing there are a lot of negative, unintended negative consequences from social media and technology. The, there's kind of a double um, part to the story. One thing my wife told me forever please get off your phone, please get off your phone, please get off your phone, please get off your phone. And I would always say, you know, well, I've got a good reason why I'm on here. I'm doing something important, you know, changing the world with this email or whatever. Right. And this was an ongoing problem. And then we had a big family gathering. Everybody was there. Was a lot of family members we haven't seen. We're all in the same room. And I looked up from my phone and everyone in the room was looking down at their devices. And it just, it hit me that, at that moment, like, this is a real issue. It's my issue. It's everyone in my family's issue. We have this struggle of being obsessed with social media and technology, and it's distracting us from the things that matter most. And so at that point, I actually became really passionate about changing my behavior to be a better example. And as I started studying and doing research on the idea, it really, it, I became obsessed with it, and, and that's why I wrote the book. And it's interesting because one of the things I got when I read the book is you talked about, you know, at least what I heard in this is technology is not evil, it has potential uh, for great good. And we'll talk about that in a moment. But our problems with technology are really reflecting challenges we all have in our culture. Absolutely. And many people, I think, will see me talk about this book and they'll think, well, that's a millennial issue. Mm -hmm. But it's not a millennial issue. It's a cultural issue that lots of fam lots of different generations are dealing with right now. Uh, absolutely. And, and the issues, you know, one is you can be totally distracted from what's going on. You can be obsessed with video games. You can get into looking at things that can destroy your marriage and hurt your purity. Um, you can find yourself uh, craving someone else's life, feeling discontented with yours, dissatisfied, uh, feeling pressure to uh, show a you that's not the real you. And the, and the list of 
temptations and challenges go on and on. At the same time, there's you know, so many opportunities and benefits, and on the other side, there are the struggles that I, I really believe as followers of Jesus, we need to take seriously, and I'm glad we're talking about it today. Yeah, you talk about in the book eight different struggles mm -hmm. that come from living in a selfie-centered world. Mm -hmm. This reflects our culture. Right. So what would be one that you would say, even now looking back at the book or in your life or watching the life of your family, what would be one that you would, would, would you say is people, you would feel the most passionate about people identifying with? It's hard to pick one. You know, I know um, at your amazing church, authenticity is one of the values that you all have. And what's really interesting is how much pressure people feel to show their best self. Um, along these lines, you know, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, Snapchat, whatever, uh, I can put a filter over whatever I have. I, you know, it's, it's crazy to look at the number of selfies a lot of people will actually take before they get just the right one, has to have the right angle. And so we're really trying to put our best selves forward. And I, I really believe that there are a lot of people today that don't even know who the real self is because they've been so skilled at showing the me that I want you to see. And I actually think that ends up significantly hurting relationships when everything I do is image management. And I, I have really struggled to, um, to let you in to talk about real things, to talk about um, what I'm afraid of, what, what, where I'm hurting, how I need help, how I need your support, because we're being trained by society to show um, this is the best that I have to offer. And so I'm pretty passionate about really trying to help people take the filter off mm -hmm. and um, let the guard down and say, this is who I really am. Which, is, which goes right with our value as a church family, this value of authenticity, mm -hmm. that there's no healing and hiding. And until you come to grips with who you are and are willing to express that, you're probably not going to find the life that you're looking for. Right. And, and it's good to, you know, look, it is good to relate this way. I want to show here is a portion of my life. I want to see a portion of your life. But we need to love face-to-face, -face, not just screen-to-screen. -screen. And to really love face-to-face, -face, we have to drop the filter. And, and you know, I'm assuming small groups are probably a big part of, of what you do. Yes. And you know, we really believe just that our lives are changed better in circles than in rows. And so if we can, you know, what we're doing a lot of small groups now is saying it's a no-phone zone. When you come in, they go aside, and we're gonna, I mean, we're really gonna connect. And this moment is all about um, me being engaged with you, who you are, and bringing all of me to the to the time as well. Which is which is difficult, and if it's difficult for me, like I'm sure it was difficult for you as you began to do it, it, it really reflects what's going on in our culture. It, well, it, absolutely. I mean, just to even put your phone away right. brings a lot of people tremendous anxiety not to have it with them, and you know, they just you, you, you think about this. You know, it, we're having a conversation if. If I just, you know, got up and walked away and started reading a book, that would be really rude. Right. If I just went up and talked to somebody else, that'd be really rude. But we think nothing of it when a text comes in for me to you know, disengage with it. And, and, you know, essentially I'm saying you're not as important as whatever is here right now. Or we could be having a conversation. I could be scrolling, scrolling through Instagram just looking at someone else's pictures all day long. And that's, yeah, it's really kind of disrespectful, but yet it's the norm in society today. And it's not, again, we need to say it's not just limited to, I think it's so easy to talk about, well, that next generation, that's a battle that, that lots of people fight. No, no, no. There's a lot of grandmas and grandpas that um, are not watching their grandkids growing up when they're right in front of them because they're on Facebook. I mean, right. you know, I don't want to, 
you know, stereotype anyone, but that's a real issue. You're, you're really, tr that's really true. And then let me take it in another direction because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm buying everything you're selling here today, Craig, and I'm buying it as someone who says not that's what they need to hear, but that, that's a challenge in my life right. as well. But in chapter eight, you talk about replenishing rest and you use this word nomophobia. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about what nomophobia is and how does it distract us from Sabbath rest? Well, the, it's, this is a real word. You know, people thought, some people said, do you make that up? No, there's, you know, there's a real phobia now. There's, it's a significant fear of being away from the phone. And I have to look up the exact stats, but it's a really high percentage of people between 18 and 24 have extreme anxiety when their phone is removed. In fact, there are many people listening to this right now that literally, if I just said, may I hold your phone, they'd be like, no! You know, because, you know, that, you know it's like it's a part of your identity. It's, it's you know, it, like literally to have your phone in someone else's hand brings tremendous anxiety. To be away from it um, gives some people just the an inability to, be, you know, have any sense of calm. And, you know, one of the things that I've had our people do and challenge some people, I took a group um, of diff different age groups and said, well, I'd like for you to go um, 36 hours without looking at social media, um, without, you know, the only thing you can do with your phone is actually talk to somebody with it. And, and here, here's what's incredibly interesting. The vast majority of them didn't go an hour, not one hour, and not because they meant to, but just out of habit, they just immediately, they had no idea how wrapped up they're in it. So what they had to do is really train themselves to go off of this. And almost, almost every single one of them said, you know, the first day was one of the hardest, most disconnected things ever. By day number three, I had no idea how much I had missed in the beauty of what's around me, missed the intimacy and relationships, had neglected my relationship with God. And so I literally, I just had them journal um, you know, what am I experiencing? What happens? And it all started out with fear, anxiety, tension. Um, what, what am I missing? What am I missing? And then what they recognize is that they were missing so much face-to-face you know, -face the whole, you know, all the time because they didn't realize what was happening through their devices. So as they got away from those, they, they begin to see like a refreshment, kind of a replenishing of their soul out of this. Absolutely. <clears throat> One of the things I did recently is um, just, I've been overwhelmed with email that comes in, and so I took like, there's like 21 people that I need to communicate with regularly, and let those come through, and let my assistant manage the rest. And when I don't look down and see that big number beeping out at me on there, like, I, I feel more at peace and at rest right now, just without managing the data that comes in. You know, every time my phone beeps, notifications, whatever, it takes me away from the moment, and so, just trying to eliminate as much of that clears your soul, clears your heart, clears your mind, and really helps you to engage in things that really do matter instead of things that often don't. So this is a bigger deal. Mm -hmm. This is what I, I, when I read the book, and this, I'm hearing you today, I wanna make sure we're all hearing. This is a bigger deal than you need to get off Facebook and you need to not pick up your phone all the time. This is about the way your mind is being programmed. Mm -hmm. uh, this is about, uh, a, a negative experience in relationships, at least a lessening of that. Of that, and it really is an issue of you can get to the place where this is this is pulling life out of you, not giving you life. Right. You know what I'm not saying is don't enjoy the benefits right. that are there because you can see what your friends are doing. You can get a glimpse. You can see in 140 characters or less what somebody's thinking. A lot of times it matters. Sometimes it doesn't matter. Whatever. And so I'm not, you know, by any means am I saying don't enjoy the benefits, but 
If you wake up and start to realize, I'm being mastered by this, I'm a slave to it. If you find that it's bringing negative emotions, <clears throat> you know, I'm always comparing someone else's life with mine, I'm feeling dissatisfied, I'm feeling angry, I'm feeling jealous, I'm feeling less than, I'm feeling pressure. Oh my gosh, I've got to create a social media moment so people think I have an exciting life. I don't have an exciting life, I've got to make it look better. Can you get a better you know, angle on this thing? I need a, need a better filter. And then we're performing for others and, and in the book I talk about we're, we're living for likes and longing for love. You know, will you please like my picture? But what we're really saying is will you please love me as a person? And you know that's a real issue that we need to watch out for uh, in our own lives. And so, like we talked about other, I really, you know, we had lunch today face to face. We could have texted, but there's something there's something powerful when we connect, not just not just screen to screen, but face to face. Right, right. And this is this is what I love is in a world that seems to take things to extreme. What you're saying is no, you should enjoy this. Mm -hmm. well, I'm not saying this is inherently evil. Watch out for these warning signs though in your life which and then I love the practical part when you talk about the Ten Commandments for social media mm -hmm. that when I read that honestly what I thought was that's that's vintage Craig mm -hmm. to take this and to bring it into this area very practical mm -hmm. uh, for people so talk about a couple of those Ten Commandments yeah. for spiritual media you know one of the ones um, and obviously these are not in the Bible so don't call me a heretic I made these up okay <laughs> just making sure we're on the same page but one of the ones I talked about was some somewhere along the lines of don't use social media technology to fuel your lust or temptations and this is something that I really am passionate to talk about with a lot of people because I know so many people that are now looking at things that are really destructive to their purity um, and to their marriage. For example, when we were growing up to see some lustful image, you had to find your dad's hidden stash of magazines or right. something like that. It was really hard to come by. Now, you know, the device you have in your pocket gives you access to anything and everything all the time. And the reality is so many people um, are vulnerable. I mean, pe people say, you know, Craig, are you ever vulnerable? And, and I always say, I was a man a long time before I was a pastor, you know. and so. Um, one of the things I really am passionate about doing is helping people to you know, maximize the blessings but minimize, minimize the temptations. Um, one of the things we talked about at our church and with a lot of the men that I work with when we get real transparent is why in the world would you try to manage a temptation in the future that you could eliminate today? Okay. That's a good word. Okay. Why would you manage a temptation? If, you're, if you might be tempted later on to look at something, why would you try to manage a temptation in the future that you have the power to eliminate today? So if I ever might be tempted to look at something inappropriate and I have the ability to lock that thing down, meaning I'm going to you know, block out Safari, have a filtered browser, if there's any type of social media where I am vulnerable to look at something I shouldn't look at, then I don't need to be on that type of social media. Um, if there are certain apps that are dangerous to me, then I'm just going to lock those out. And so, what I do <clears throat> with our staff and what I have with my devices, we just call them, we call them locked down. Meaning, there are a lot of things that our devices don't do because we've had someone else put some safeguards on them. Mm -hmm. And the reason is, um, quite honestly, at this age and this stage of my life, I'm not as vulnerable as I once was 20 years ago. But I, you know, or 15 years ago, 10 years ago. But I am still. Um, a human being with the potential to fall into significant sin. And so I'm not going to manage some temptation tomorrow or six months from now or a year from now if I have the power to eliminate it today. Um, if that's a, a danger to anyone who's watching um, us talk today, I would say let's get some help to lock it down because the, 
the cost of what it might cost you if you become addicted or stray is far greater than any benefit of the freedom you have on a device. That's a, that's a great, great concept. And it's something that's not, not on our list today, but we've been talking a lot today, even lunch, about family and about our kids. And I have so many families watching today. And how, how does some of what you just talked about like play out with your kids? Mm -hmm. Well, this isn't real popular, but phone, we, turn, we turn phones in at 9 o'clock at night. And um, so in our home, you know, all the phones are turned in. And part of the reason is I don't want them texting at, you know, midnight. I don't want them playing video games after a certain time. And 9 o'clock is when we start winding down, and I want us to have that relational time um, with one another. The other thing is, quite honestly, I've got my kids' devices monitored and locked down. And it's not that they're not pretty good kids and I don't trust them, but I know, honest to goodness, and I'll just you know, hope this doesn't offend anybody, but at the age of 15, 16, 17 years of age, I would not have had the discipline not to be drawn into certain things. I know myself enough, and so in order, if I couldn't handle it, and I'm going to assume that my children might be as vulnerable as I am, and so I'm going to help keep them out of the ditches in ways that we can. And if we know there's a potential danger, let's try to eliminate it. Which is a part of parenting that that I didn't have to deal with near to the level that you're dealing with now. No. But I, I, I just, I knew that's what you would say even though we hadn't talked about it. I just wanted someone else, to, someone to hear someone else saying, giving permission right. to, to be a little more involved in that area of people's lives. Well, I'm guessing lives. that there's a lot of great people in your church, just like in mine, that give a device to a 10-year-old, to a 12-year-old, without one, understanding what's potentially there, or even giving a thought to, hey, how could I protect them? And, you know, if we can just use language from our generation, we wouldn't leave a stack of pornographic magazines or, you know, whatever kind of movies sitting around on the coffee table and say, hey, you have access to that. But essentially giving in a device like that to anyone having it in our own possession is much worse than that today. And so we just have to know that and not be scared to death of it, but at the same time be wise with it. And, and I'm, again, in my own life and in the lives of my kids, I want to eliminate um, as many of those ditches that, that we might fall into long before, so we can't get close enough to them to get in trouble. Exactly, that's a, that's a really, really good thought. And I would just say to all of you, this, this book I think would be incredibly relevant wherever you find yourself in life. You'll find a lot of the practical things that Craig and I have talked about today, but you'll also find a lot of what I would just say basically great biblical principles that apply to every aspect of our lives. So Greg, I just want to tell you, I, I appreciate you being a friend across Timber for so long, a friend to me. Uh, I know that there are hundreds of pastors that could sit where I sit and say, you, you brought so much value to us. We pray for LifeChurch.tv, pray for all the churches, not only that you oversee and that is a part of this ministry, but so many churches that you've helped plant and invest in around the world. Well, you have such a kingdom mindset, and even when we started a location relatively close to you, some people would say, don't do that, you know, and you called and said, how can I help? And so I'm forever grateful. Your heart to expand the kingdom and reach people um, is second to none. And so it's an honor to, to sit with you and to be your friend. Thanks, Craig. Yeah, thank you. Let's thank Craig Groeschel for being a part of our time together today.